You can clap your hands. You can clap your hands. It's a blessing. Let's lift your hands and thank God for today, for life, for health and strength. Don't take it for granted that you are here. Don't think you are here today because you were here yesterday. Don't think you are here today because you traveled and arrived last Sunday. You are here today because God has had mercy on you. You are here today because God's power has prevailed. God's grace has prevailed. You are here because God has a plan for you. You want to thank him? You want to thank him for what you are about to hear? As we sit at the feet of our prophets, as we receive the word, which is able to save not only our souls, but our ministries, our callings, his divine purposes for our lives. You want to thank him? You want to thank him? For his plans for your life your life it will amaze you to know what you are going to be like in 10 years time it will amaze you to know what is going to make of you in 20 years time and all these are traceable to this great blessing father we thank you father we bless you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may please take your seats. Have you welcomed somebody this morning? You can welcome the person with a smile. With a high five. What a blessing. Let's settle down everywhere. I don't think there's any need for people standing at the back. There must be a chair for you. Yes, please settle down. I was told somebody's expecting something very powerful today for your life and ministry. Where is the person? Is it this area or where? At the back or in front? Receive what you are looking for. Hallelujah. Can you clap your hands for Jesus? For the wonderful, powerful things we are hearing. Last night, prophet began with the Ten Commandments. Wow. Wow. And I'm, 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 I'm believing God that he will continue today. How many of you are expecting more commandments? Yes, but to, to, to expect more commandments, you need to do something with the little you have. Amen. Yes. What you do with the little you have will determine what you will do with the rest. 
and the first commandment. Take your notebook. Take your notebook and let's read it. The first commandment was, can we all read it together? One go for those of you who are able to write. One go. No. Okay, I can't hear you. Please read aloud. Know Jesus and what great things he has done for you. Amen. Let's take it again. Know Jesus and what great things he has done for you. And the verse we read was Mark 5, 8. About the madman of Gadara. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Hallelujah. That must be your natural response. But it will stem from the acknowledgement of the fact that demons have been cast out of you. Amen. You need to know what God has done for you. Most of the time, our attitude towards God, towards his work, towards the ministry, stems from our acknowledgement of what he has done. If you are able to get a full grasp of what God has done for you, you will throw yourself at his feet. The people who serve God out of their hearts do a lot for him are people who acknowledge that God has done something for them. Has God done something for you? And one of the ways to know that is to look out for your control. Because you are an experiment and there's a control. Somebody just like you is out of his mind. Somebody just like you at your age. I was somewhere recently. I saw a a girl, 23 years. She's got five children. I don't know when she started. And I think she's found only one father out of the five. But some of you at your age, your friends have got three children with four fathers. Some of them have got two children without a father. But look at you today, you are a shepherd, you are a leader, you are serving God. And, 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 and best of all, you are in your right mind. You are in your right mind. It will amaze you to know the people who are not in their right minds. So just look at yourself, look at your classmates. Look at your classmates. So one of the ways God will also teach you to respect the control experiment is to sometimes make you yourself the control. Yes, send something to take you out of the church. Send a boy for you to fall in love with him. Because you are here, you don't want to work for God. Just doing your hair, just appearing nice. You want to be Miss First Love or Miss Area. I don't even know what Miss you want to become. So sometimes God sends you out. You go out on an excursion for two years. When you come back and you are out of your mind, your life is changed. Everything is terrible. And, 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 and some of the changes are irreversible. Then you realize that God was doing something great in your life. May we appreciate what God is doing for us in this church through our prophets. Appreciate the things which are around. Appreciate the things he has built for us. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. 
Yes. Find money, find money, and go to the library of the anointed. Go to the gallery. All, all, all these are things God has done. Yes. You ask your friends, even those who are in church, how many of them are in the type of church you have? Even the word camp or the word conference. There are churches when they are having a camp, it is some, some, some time out on a Saturday afternoon on a park. They've packed, uh, uh, what do you call it? Food and drinks in a, in a cooler. But you are here, the word of God is preached day and night, afternoon, all the time. God has done something for you and believe it that God is blessing your life. Believe it that where you are is a great place. And your only response, your only response, say response, response. Your only, oh, so, sorry, is it response? Oh, response, sorry. Response, say response. Response. Yes. The most sensible response is to rise up and offer yourself to do something for God. The most, the most sensible response is to rise up and say, God, use me to build. But we are saying that you need to know what God has taken out of you. This madman he, please go back, when he was come to the ship, he that had been possessed, but unfortunately, well, I can understand why some of us don't want to do anything because, you see, this, this is past tense. He that had been possessed with the devil. But some of you are here, your past tense is still your present tense. Yes, the devil you had before you entered church is still with you. You have come into first love with your two boyfriends. You have come into first love with your pornography and your masturbation. It's like there's no past tense. Your past is your present. I, I, I can understand why you would not want to be with Jesus. But may your past be in your past. Yes. That's why prophet preached that the blood of Jesus, one of the things it does is to rid your life of the things that destroy. The evils, the wickedness, the sins. There is no sin that will elevate your life. There is no sin that will make your life better. There is no sin. That, I mean, it has not been created. There is no sin that will improve your life. Any improvement you will experience will be a short-term improvement awaiting your long-term devastation. He that had been possessed. We are going to rise up and determine that based on what God has done for us. No, there should be nobody in any other church who should do more than you are doing. Yes. Yes. If somebody in another church becomes a pastor one day and you are just a nice member, a, a, a nice, very nice person, very important person, very sweet person, then you, you, you have actually wasted the blood of Jesus. You have wasted it. He begged him that he might be with him. And what was Jesus' response? Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for you. See, it keeps appearing. It keeps appearing. 
Because when you go, you must tell them what God has done for you. So if you don't know what God has done for you, if you cannot tell the difference between your past, even some of you, even in the church, the difference between last year, last year and this year, how your life has changed. Somebody said a testimony somewhere in a meeting that since the center concept came, but centers and centers, he who was a phlegmatic and very, you know, um, reserved is now on the streets. It's now on the streets. It's a center leader. He's got members. He's preaching. He's teaching. That is a change. And may God help you to know what he has done for you. Always keep it in mind that God has done something for you. He is doing something for you. Each time prophet comes to stand here and picks a microphone, he's about to do something for your life. Every word, every scripture, every exhortation is to make your life a better life. And we are saying that when you receive these things, you don't keep them. You don't just keep them, but you rise up to become a worker. Please be seated. You rise up to become a worker. You rise up to become a center leader. You rise up to become somebody who is different. In fact, your pastor should be able to share a testimony about your life. That this guy... He was in the church for three years doing nothing. But suddenly something happened to him. I don't know what happened to me. He's now, you know, winning souls. He's doing outreaches. May you yourself be a testimony in the church. Your pastor should be able to point to you and, and, and say great things about your life. But it is based on your knowledge of what great things God has done for you. He has saved you. He's given you a pastor who loves you who cares for you, preaching to you constantly. And I believe that this conference is going to raise missionaries. I said missionaries. Preachers. And our lives will not be the same. By the grace of God, we have prophet with us this morning. But before he comes, clap your hands and let's receive. I know.